So welcome back to Restless. Today's topic is silence. So we're trying to give you a little experience, a little taste of the silence that uh, perhaps God is inviting you into. So if you need some silence, turn off the show right now. Just kidding. Don't really. Please listen to the whole thing. <laughs> We've joined myself, Father Joseph, along with Diane and Gianna as today we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ. And part of, I think, our restlessness in our modern culture is a lack of silence. We don't have a whole lot of silence. And silence can be frightening, can be healing, can be beautiful, can be challenging. So I'm curious, what's the longest period of time, not counting sleep, obviously, that you have been silent, like on a silent retreat or you know something like that? What's the longest period of time you've done it? Half a day, nine to noon. You were on a silent retreat? I was not. I actually, this is another thing I've thought about recently. It was probably one day in college, and I realized one day that I didn't say a word because I wasn't talking to anybody. I woke up, did whatever I had to do in the morning, you know, did homework and stuff. And I didn't realize until I got in my car to like go to the next thing I have to do. I don't think I said one word today until finally my own voice hit my ears when I saw my friend. I said, hey, how are you? And I was like, whoa, that's the first thing I said all day, you know? (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. What about you, Diane? So I went on a silent retreat in 2019 in Spain with Father Andy, who used to be the parochial vicar at St. John's in Stanford. And that was the first time I had ever been on a retreat. And uh, it was, I think it was about three and a half or four days in silence. Um, so that was my first experience. And it was just, you know, might as well just like run into it. Yeah. Really. <laughs> was it hard? Surprisingly, no. I mean, I'm an introvert, so, I mean, three hours of silence is like nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing when you are saying that, but, um, you know, I... You put your cell phone away. Um, you you do obviously go to mass and everything, and there are talks that you, you know... It was the spiritual exercises, so it was a bunch of talks based on um, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross. And Mm. then you essentially just have a lot of prayer time and, you know, rosary walks and things like that. Um, But... Uh, it might have been hard. At, and you eat meals, you know, like you're you're in the cafeteria, right? In silence. In silence. Yeah, and you're sitting silent. across from people who you don't, you've never met. Um, but I thought it was a fantastic experience. Once once you get, you know, once you're a few hours in, you kind of just get used to it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and awesome. people kept to it. I mean, you, you could have broken the silence if you wanted to, but people took it seriously. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. did a six-day silent retreat. That was the longest I've done. Okay. It was It was good. It was good. But for me, one of the more profound experiences is that um, for my for my retreats um, now as a priest, I often just go backpacking and go out into the wilderness, which, you know, is more is quite silent, you know, mm-hmm. to be honest. And although you usually, you know, encounter other people on the trail. But I'll never forget one particular day that I did not encounter another single human being. And it kind of shook me at the end of the day. I was like, this is the first day in my whole life that I've never seen another human being in a day. Yeah, I can't think of another day in my life that where that's happened. Because even when you're on a silent retreat, you're with other people. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, and you're hearing talks and things. Mm-hmm. But this was like, I was alone in the wilderness. Like, this is a little unnerving. Not to mention the fact that when I got to the, the campsite that night, I saw an entire campsite set up, like food, cooking on the you know stove and everything. And the people had run away in the middle of setting something up. So I think they had encountered a bear. And just bolted. Wow. Like the tent was set up. There's still food in the pan. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I just get myself into? 
That's scary. All of this. I stayed in a little lean-to, and all the lean-tos have like little um, like log books, and it's like, oh, yeah, I saw a bear today. I saw a bear today. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. And I did not see a bear. Well, that's good. Because Praise I have God. weird phobia of bears. Not that it's weird. I think it's a weird you, phobia. You could die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're by yourself, mm-hmm. like probably 30 miles from the nearest, you know, civilization. Exactly. But but it's powerful. So what does what does make silence so scary sometimes? Well, I think you're just alone with your thoughts, right? I mean, you have to confront sort of your weaknesses and your insecurities. You don't have if if you're truly in silence and you're not distracted by your phone or cuz I mean, you could be in silence like scrolling on Facebook or whatever, but <laughs> I'm talking about sort of like hands-free, right? And you're sitting maybe in the Adoration Chapel or something or anywhere. Um you're you're kind of forced to, um, unless you're not thinking about anything, to think about, you know, like uh, your life and and where you're going and what, you know, uh, what your goals are. I mean, from a Catholic perspective, like what what does God, what is God doing in my life? But you're also like, I think if, if we're being real with ourselves, we all have insecurities and weaknesses and sins that we fall into and that we don't shame about face. those yeah and exactly we because sometimes. we you know sometimes we just we don't want to give we're not ready to give them up we don't know how to give them up we feel sort of like trapped enslaved and and that is it can be discouraging if you don't bring christ into that yeah so i think people you know i mean in our society now with all this technology and all of the noise, I I think that people are consistently just trying to numb themselves with these temporary, you know, uh, I wouldn't even call it satisfactions, but you know, distractions. Yeah, no, I think that's one way in which Satan tries to help, tries to make us avoid asking those more fundamental questions of why am I here and what's the what's the meaning of my life? It's just distraction, because mm-hmm. he knows that even you know even if he tries to throw the atheistic lie in our face, that means we're wrestling with the issue. Yep. But if you don't even wrestle with the issue because you're just so numb by Facebook or whatever, yeah, you. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I simply just wrote, you're stuck in your own head and there's no outside interaction. Yeah. I remember challenging a girl in confirmation class to spend 10 minutes a day in silence, and she looked at me like I asked her to cut off her arm. And I was like, what, what's wrong? She said, I'm afraid of what I might hear. I thought that was really wow good insight from a you know a teen. Wow, I'm afraid of what I might hear because she you know she as soon as she gets up she puts the ear pods in and yep there you go yeah it can definitely be scary but I think that's a way in which God speaks pretty loudly because if we have insecurities and they come out in silence we got to deal with them mm-hmm. if we have sins we got to you know, face them and repent of them Amen to that so what what is it that makes silence so powerful then? Because it can be scary, but it can also be a life-changing experience. So I had it written down this way. And everyone, I, I wrote notes before this. So that's why I'm like written She's and, very well and all this stuff. <laughs> so why is silence so powerful? It is infinite, but it has a short lifespan all at once. So hmm. much could happen, yet nothing could happen. It could be giving, or it could be cold and provide nothing. It's an open space for absolutely anything to happen. That's very true. Nature abhors, abhors a, vac- a vacuum, right? So if it's empty, we have the choice. Do we fill it with our worries, with nothing, or with God? One of the one of the times in my life I've never never. There's only really one time in my life that I that I was really shaken about God's existence, and uh, I was out at, at the beach in like December. Um, so not swimming, but. <laughs> 
And I remember, <laughs> I remember looking out over the water. It was pitch black outside because it was 7 p.m. or something. And I saw nothing. There was no stars. There was no lights. Just a void of blackness. And I got the feeling and fit in my stomach like this is absence of God. This is absence of everything. The silence was part of that. Well, I don't know if anyone's read Cardinal Seurat's book about silence. No, I haven't. I want to. Yeah, I so I, I haven't finished yeah. it, but 7, it's, it's one of, on my list. It's one of those <laughs> books that you really you you should bring to adoration. Go through it very slowly, which is what I've you know I pick things up and put them down. <laughs> Just a, um, you know, I don't know. That's a habit that I have. But I I did start this book. It's it's extremely profound. But I did pull some quotes. Um, you know, and he talks about how silence leads to God, provided man stops looking at himself. Um. And that there's no place on earth where God is more present than in the human heart. The heart truly is God's abode, the temple of silence. The Father waits for his children in their own hearts. So I think we have to remember that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, right? So like a lot of times we're looking outside for where is God? Where is God? And he's within. So to kind of, you know, remember that he is within us if we're in a state of grace, you know, and that um, in order to hear what he has to say, um, because he does, he does know our hearts, and you, you just kind of just the, the the thoughts that come to mind, right? Like you know that that is God working in you when you're sitting in that silence. Um, but you know that's why Cardinal Seurat, he really he just emphasizes if our interior cell phone is always busy because we're having a conversation with other creatures. Our interior cell phone, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that great? Good yeah, line. <laughs> yeah. So he says, if our interior cell phone is always busy because we are having conversation with other creatures, how can the Creator reach us? How can He call us? How can you train your intellect in noise? How can you structure your thought and the contours of your interior being in noise? How can you be open to the mystery of God, to spiritual values, and to our human greatness in continual turmoil? Um, so I just I, the the book is full of these just fantastic um, meditations, you know, um, and mm. really, I mean, writing a whole book on silence is remarkable. Yeah, yeah, and this Charles is this Strasburg, is someone who yeah. just sits in silence and does a ton of adoration, and um, you know, just in my own life, I think going to adoration, you know, sitting in silence and not necessarily like. Sometimes I, I do meditation, so I'll like read a gospel passage and meditate on that. But I do think it's in, it is important to take the time, you know, to, uh, and everyone has a different way of prayer, so do what works for you. But like our relationship with Christ is, has to be cultivated, right? So like you can't have a relationship with someone that you don't talk with. Mm -hmm. And if you're not talking with Christ or listening to him, which that all comes from silence, that doesn't come from, you know, all of these other things, um, you're not going to cultivate that relationship. And and prayer, relationship with God, is our lifeline to everything. Like that is what gives us the um, sort of the energy and the grace for our apostolate mm. comes from from prayer. That's the key. Yeah, that's the key. Wow. So have you personally ever heard something very powerful from God in silence? I Yes, definitely. I, yes. Would you like me to expand? Yes, that was not a yes okay. or no question. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a question for elaboration. I, I mean, I think over the past few years, what I've really heard in silence is God asking me, am I enough? And that is one of those things where it's a really scary, um, it's, it's a scary question to be asked. Sure. Because I needed to pray and I continue to pray for the grace for him to be enough, for me to desire heaven above all else. And it's like, 
now I kind of am at the point where I realize that like God cares about all of the details of our daily lives. Like even the things that we think, you know, I used to think like, oh, God doesn't care if my foot hurts or whatever. And it's like, no, now I pray for everything, all of my intentions, all of that. And that includes the uh, obviously most importantly, all of these graces, like we know from scripture that he is never going to not send his Holy Spirit, that he's never going to not give us things that we need for our salvation. So when you're asking him for like the grace to desire heaven above everything, to to know how to love him better and more and to understand to a much deeper extent his love for you, he delivers. And that is not, it's not like overnight, but it's, it's gradual. And so, so yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I have heard continually in prayer and that God gives so much encouragement and strength, you know, but it's, well, it's, I can imagine that that phrase in particular is, is frightening because if God is enough, that's almost like an invitation to join religious life, right? Right, right. And for me, that's <laughs> and not it. You know? say you've discerned marriage is your calling. Exactly, right? exactly. Um, but it's, you know, Exactly. And and that's part of why at the beginning I didn't I didn't even want to hear it, you know, because I'm like, what are you why am I why is this coming to my head? Are you telling me I'm never gonna get married? And like it's it's not that. It's um I, I think that even um I I know I'm called to marriage and it's it's more just God is purifying us through our desires. Like these desires are good, but he's he's telling me that like, no, you can't make an idol of these relationships or these people or your career or anything like that. Like I have to be enough. And honestly, when he, when he is my priority, everything else just falls into place. It's as if he's teaching me the lesson, like, see, all you had to do is focus on me and I would give you all yeah, of your desires. Besides. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think it's Psalm 37. I might be misquoting that, but it's like, it's so powerful, you know, like, um, it's, 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 it's almost, it, it seems too simple, you know, that like you put him first and he will give you all of your heart's desires, but it it's, um, but it's true. It's true. Absolutely it's true. true. Yeah. And it's, it's all a purification, you know, yeah. it's for me, it's, I think he was just trying to work out that, you know, cause like we make idols of everything and yeah, like we, we, sure it's do. so easy to make idols. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's just something that I've worked on and, and honestly everything like, you know, uh, I have better day- some some days are better than others but I can I can honestly say that like I really I really do desire him above everything else now. Wow. And it's like yeah, it's one of those things that I think if you can practice like for myself I I would always just in adoration be like, okay, well, if you took away everything, all of this, am I still going to be okay? And it's like, yeah, no. Like I I feel this profound love. I know that I'm loved. I know that I have a purpose and I just have to trust like you have to trust that God knows better than you do. Like he knows you better than you do. And he's, he's working everything for your, for your salvation. salvation. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what did God reveal to you, Gianna? Too many things to tell, but if <laughs> pick, you, pick one, <laughs> if you want me to tell a story. So I was sitting in my room and it was April or May. I think it was April or May of 2021. And I have this amazing pressure on myself to, move forward with life, keep going, keep going. Because my whole life growing up, I never went on vacation. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I basically just stayed home all day. I hated camp, hated camp. (laughs) So I would just stay home all day and I just wouldn't do anything. Like if I was doing anything, I'd be reading things on the internet or I'd be watching things on TV. I was a big TV kid, but I wouldn't do anything. So when I got to college and I started trying new things, you know, and I had more confidence in myself and I began having more solid friendships, 
I said to myself, wow, let's, I, there's a window here for me to be able to do things I've always wanted to do. And it started to become more clear to me that I could do them. So skip two, I graduate college. I start doing these things. I start giving myself chances. I start, I go, I go, I go. And I'm crossing things off my list and I'm doing things I've always wanted to do. Well, COVID hits, all this stuff, but, but the one thing I was struggling with was the summers. I always wanted a summer where I could just see people every day, hang out, go to the beach, just do things that I've always saw on TV but never did growing up. Mm. Well, 2020 hit. As we all know, we were all quarantined and away from each other. And I was starting to feel the thing on how I am trying so hard to have this life that I always wanted. Not that I'm going in the wrong direction, but... God's telling me you have to try in order for you to do what you want. So I was just sitting in my room one day and I was just not looking forward to another summer. I'm like, this is going to be another summer where I got to try to hang out with people. I got to try to do this. I got to try. And I was just like, God, I'm tired of trying. Just please. I'm tired of trying. I just don't want the summer to come. I mean, Come on, do I really have to try? I don't want to try anymore. And I just heard the words, too bad. And I can tell you 2021 was one of the best summers ever. And I can tell you 2022, I had another great summer. Because too bad, Gianna, get up and go. Because there's so much love and life out there I want you to see. Wow. That's that's funny how God can sometimes be kind of blunt with (laughs) us. And I'm telling you, that voice, that wasn't my voice. Right. I heard the words, too bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Get up and go. Yeah, the thoughts sometimes in our mind. That's and that's how we hear God in silence. It's also it's like a thought that will come to our mind where we're like that wasn't really a part of my train of thought, and mm-hmm. that's almost like a different interior voice. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. I think for me, um, there was one before I got assigned to be chaplain of Trinity Catholic High School, where Gianna's brother attended, and Gianna attended, right? At graduate twenty twenty fourteen. Nice, nice. So I I started there in twenty. When did I start? Twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. So two years after you graduated. <laughs> And, wow, man, I feel old now. <laughs> but uh, I'd never gone to high school because I was homeschooled. So I was kind of nervous about going to a high school because I'm thinking, like, there's, like, drug deals in the hallway. Like, I mean, kids, like, beating each other up. Like, <laughs> Diane's nodding. She, she went to Greenwich Public. So Yeah, I mean, I was kind of scared of Trinity, but. <laughs> You're scared of Trinity? <laughs> yeah. All, all Stanford schools when I was in high school. Did we have a reputation? Yeah. Really? Trinity did? Yeah. Up in Tumble School? Definitely. Wow. <laughs> well, I went there. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> oh, that's good. I mean, this was just an image. So whether it was true or not, I have no idea. I don't I don't know too many people. Went I mean, I didn't see any drugs being dealt. I smelled drugs being smoked. But that was... Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I know a couple of girls who went there who are very nice. I'll say, <laughs> I taught, totally aside, but I taught junior, I taught morality for juniors. In the summer after I taught that, two kids stole a car. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I guess I didn't do a good job uh, on that. But anyway, so so I was very nervous, you know, going into there. So, it's, so I, as a priest, you actually have to take an annual retreat, five days away for prayer. So I went up to this retreat center uh, with these nuns that are hermits in upstate New York. It's so cool. Uh, they all have the little hermitages on this big land. And oh, cool. as a priest, you get you get the Blessed Sacrament to keep in your cabin, which was really awesome. But one day I was walking around the the, the lake that was there, just kind of praying, and, and it's like, Lord, what should I do? How should I minister to these teens? Because I don't know anything about, like, what's it like to have, like, a normal high school experience? And the words popped into my head, pray fiercely, love unconditionally. Wow. I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty powerful. So that kind of became my motto for the next three years of being at Trinity, pray fiercely, love unconditionally. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a challenging place. Not a whole lot of disciples there, but a whole lot of really good knuckleheads. That's a good way to describe it. Good knuckleheads. 
I, I loved mean, him. I mean, Father, if I can say anything, I haven't known you that long. I think this is the longest I've ever had interaction with you at this very moment. But <laughs> just true. even like meeting you and like seeing you in passing, I just got love, you know? So I see it. Well, I hope the kids did too. That's <laughs> the goal. I hope they got Jesus. Jesus' love. I will say her brother, Matt, was one of my frequent flyers in my office, but I had candy, so that was a draw. All the kids <laughs> came in, grabbed candy. I was like, sit down, tell me about your life. <laughs> it was a good counseling session. <laughs> But uh, so like we, you know, obviously this this silence can then be, be so good for us spiritually. But we live in such a noisy world. So what are some like really practical ways in which you, as young adults, can find the time and the space for silence? How do you do that? Well, I think that we need to put our devices down and make a commitment, right, to to daily prayer time. Um, and that is difficult because, you know, a lot of times we don't want to sit in silence for whatever it is, 15 minutes. But uh, think about all of the wasted time, you know, spent on social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, I don't even know what's out there. But, um, you know, it's it ultimately that just leaves you you know, feeling worse about yourself, right? I mean, there's all these things, comparison, envy, um, you know, like you fall into a lot of other sins, pride, lust. I, I mean, the list goes on, right? But we need to make an effort. There's no excuse. Like, I'm a very busy person. I'm sure there are busier people. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, there is so much time that we could be devoting to Christ. And so if you if you say that you can't give him 15 minutes and yet you're scrolling Facebook for like half an hour and Instagram for half an hour and watching TV and, you know, doing all your sports and whatever, it's like find the time. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, like, I mean, I pray the rosary and meditate on the rosary while I'm running. So it's you can work these things into your routines. Uh, I think you just there's really like at the end of the day, there's no excuse. Well, that's the thing. You have to give up something have yeah. silence yeah definitely you know? yeah and schedule it you know like put it in your calendar treat it like an appointment and don't miss it because you wouldn't miss your doctor's appointment you wouldn't miss your call with your boss so you shouldn't <laughs> miss your call with <laughs> your creator <laughs> yeah. that's a great point it's a great point the uh i was at um our public middle school in monroe where i'm pastor uh had their play this past weekend and so some of the kids invited me to come so i came and the play was called the day the internet died and it was a very poignant play it's very interesting about how people couldn't function when they didn't have internet. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Was, yeah, it was really, really fascinating. And and uh, the play ended, I think, tragically, but but very realistically, that the internet came back on and everyone went right back to their devices. Mm -hmm. Nobody nobody was like, hey, we learned the lesson. Let's go. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, back to, back to like it was. But it's, it kind of sh is shocking, right, that, you know, we, we have filled our life with so much noise. Well, it's an addiction too, right? And so, you know, like you really, you kind of have to, I mean, maybe turn your phone off or put it on the other side of the room or something like that. Yeah. So I, so maybe about three weeks ago, my phone died. And when, when was the funeral? And my phone had lasted for 11 years. Now that's like, that's like geriatric. It's ancient. It's yeah. ancient. Did you get a smartphone? So that was my, that was my debate, right? Do I get a smartphone? Do yeah. I not? You know, cause there's only two options, a smartphone or an old fashioned flip phone where you have T9 texting and it takes forever. Right. So thankfully all the kids at this school, Cardinal Kung, they're like, no, just get a Gab phone. So a Gab phone looks like a smartphone, but it has no internet and no apps. Okay. So all you can do is call and text. Okay. Nice. But the texting is better? No, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, sitting there hitting three buttons for A. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to get something, but I knew I'd be sucked in. Yeah. Have That's good. Self-awareness. Yeah. I just, 
I don't know how you do it. With, do you have a smartphone, Gianna? I actually just got a brand new phone. I uh, didn't get my first smartphone until my junior year of college because I didn't want one. I wanted to be different. I had a flip phone like father did, and everyone who went to college with me does remember that. So the day I came in with the <laughs> Samsung Core Prime, which is a baby phone to get elderly people to get used to a smartphone, all of my <laughs> friends were like, mind blown, like, Gianna, what phone is that? Anyway, so yes, <laughs> I uh, have a smartphone, but... Well, I've again, I've always wanted to be different. I knew this whole addiction thing with the phone was something to be aware of, especially in high school. So ever since I got a touch phone, I always make sure I remove every app that I don't need. I always make sure I only have the apps on that I do need. And anything that would take up my time or suck it up, I just don't have it on there. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. So right now I bought a new phone. I set up my phone. I can't tell you. I think I uninstalled maybe 20 apps that they gave to me, all free games with ads and and whatnot. Facebook, TikTok, all that stuff I removed. I only have a Facebook anyway. Um, so all I have is the internet, my emails, and my texting, and yeah, there's the camera. So what So what is your silent time during, you know, do you like, you know, do you get silent time every day? Do you, do you carve it out, or is it just kind of whenever it comes? It's interesting for me, because growing up, I wasn't as extroverted, you know, I was never, if you could believe it, I never really said a lot, you know, I was very much to myself. <laughs> So my a lot of people change. <laughs> so a lot of my youth was silence. All I had was, you know, I would talk to myself. I would just look around and see what other people were doing and just wonder and stuff like that. As I've gotten older, I've still remained that lonely person in a way. You know, never really had a person I could really talk to, you know, except God. But, you know, so my silence is just I expect it to happen. I don't search for it. I don't, you know, make time for it. It's just eventually there will be silence in my days, whether it's every day, every other day, you know, it's just something I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, it's not like I ever had to make time for silence. I'm like, no, it's going to (laughs) come. I don't know when, but when it comes, I'll be like, oh, there it is. (laughs) But that's good that you don't waste it. That's correct. Because a lot of people get so uncomfortable to flee from it. I mean, even so just recently, like in these last two months, I've been so busy, so busy, so busy. And it's in that point where my mind's just going and it's just like, I hear the turns like, you know, I hear that, right? And I know God is eventually going to say to me, stop. And then there'll be my silence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope the stop is not like sometimes because I'm I'm on the same thing, like a treadmill. And I'm kind of like, Lord, I need a break. But then I'm like, well, don't make it the flu. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> don't, don't make it like major surgery or anything like that. Because <laughs> that's somehow times how God gives us a break, gets us yes. off the treadmill. How true. How true. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on this episode of Restless. My challenge for all of you is to go and find that silence because we do need it. We crave it even as much as we might fear it. But whatever comes up in silence, bring it to the Lord and know that the Lord is present and will speak to you sometimes through our thoughts, our memories, our feelings, um, you know, a word that he places on our heart that just kind of burns within us. So pay attention to that because God really does want to minister to you, but he can't shout above the noise that we so often fill ourselves with. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM, which is not noise, but a great way to learn more about your Catholic faith. Also, 103.9 FM and wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time.